0: Of a look on the ASA. Oh my gosh. They're all going against
1: the wind. It was basically a cube with inside of sphere, where the points of the cube uh, were touching outside of the sphere.
0: This isn't anything that just is limited to the United States. It's a worldwide phenomenon. That UFO podcast is powered by Zencastr. Zencaster is one of the world's leading platforms for recording and hosting podcasts. The open beta strives to put the power of studio quality remote video production into the hands of anyone with a story to tell. Features include HD video recording, studio quality sound, chat and footnotes. All running right from your browser so you can record from anywhere without ever installing anything Check out the links in the show description to find out more Hi everyone and welcome back to That UFO Podcast It's a breakdown, we're recording this on the 12th of March 2022 Uh, Joining me as always is Dan, hi
1: Hi (laughs) <laughs> we've been doing this for a while now you, you always give me such nice intros and uh and yeah i think i think maybe we can just skip those now
0: i was going to say welcome to the podcast but yeah that's, that's my guess <laughs> that's for guests um so lots of little bits to cover within this one um we were going to record this the other day but there's been lots going on and i'm busy you're busy um and we've managed to get to it today on a lovely saturday evening here in the uk um and do you know what, for the first time, and I don't know why I've not done this before. I asked some of the listeners on, on Twitter and and various platforms. That's a lie. I said, I just used Twitter. I should have used others. Um, (laughs) check me checking myself. Uh, is there anything they wanted us to cover? And a couple of people quite quickly got back with a load of things. So we'll, we'll tear through those later on, but there's a few bits of news that are, that are definitely worth covering. So if there is stuff you want us to cover folks within the breakdowns, we do try and keep them weekly when there's stuff to talk about, because otherwise when there's not a lot to talk about, people make stuff up. Um, So what we'll start to do is it is, it's very true. Yep. That's one of the things we need to cover later on in a way. Um, New James Fox documentary, Dan, has been announced obviously some time ago. Very exciting update from James Fox. The documentary on the Virginia case in Brazil is going to be called Moment of Contact. And from James Fox's socials, if you're not on the social medias, uh, you won't have seen this. He said, we have worked tirelessly He said we have worked tirelessly for months to produce a documentary in record time on the famous or infamous 1996 Virginia UFO incident. I'm proud to say that we are just days away from having a powerful and compelling rough cut. It's called Moment of Contact and will be released late this year thanks to all of you for your continued support hashtag Virginia, hashtag UFO Um, it's also been picked up by uh, 1091 Pictures uh, for distribution, no dates yet on release but like James said it'll be later this year once it's finished up and uh, he's going to be on the pod to talk about that when the time is right, I've been in contact with James and as soon as he feels he wants to come on and and have any kind of conversations but I I get James as a a father you know I always appreciate if they're parents that come on the show and stuff um, and he spent a lot of time away from his young son when he was away filming the documentary and he is tearing through the work if you keep up to date with his socials to get this thing ready as quickly as he is so very much looking forward to that Uh, and when James was on with myself Dan he mentioned people shouldn't expect this to be the phenomenon too that is going to be its own piece the phenomenon too will be coming out this is very much uh taking a magnifying glass to a particular case and really dissecting it and getting involved in I don't doubt this will be a very, very good piece to watch. Very well made, of course, as anything James does is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and the cool thing about this case is that there's actual kind of, you know, as the name implies, there's actual kind of contact and interaction between beings and people. Um, so it after after James played so loosely with that idea and the phenomena, I'm very intrigued to see how he presents uh, such a such a landmark case. Really,
0: I think in my head, I always think of the best kind of footage in any movie of of alien contact or a, like what should be genuine was in signs with Joaquin Phoenix you know M. Night Shyamalan when they actually see I, I believe it's in Brazil isn't it when they oh, cut the, the news yeah that's right, it's a children's yeah. birthday party in Brazil and they say look out look at this footage it's disturbing and the handheld camera shakes as it shows you like a, a being just passed by the alleyway and that's, that's right, the yeah. first time in the film you see one of these things, kind of, and it's really, really well done. And for me, that's that's kind of what I have in my head with this Virginia case. So I'm looking forward to seeing if that kind of mirrors up. In the same way when I first read the Harry Potter books that, you know, I had all these ideas of what they would look like and what the places would be like. So I look forward to James kind of bringing that to life with the, with the cast and crew that he's put together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He, he's always so tasteful with his recreations. You know, there's no overly dramatic music. It's not very ancient aliens. It's more kind of probably what the person experienced in the moment. Um, and, and yeah, I, I love that he always takes that human angle because it really is important what it does to us yes looking forward to that very much um i don't want to be too pleasant about
0: james or anyone on this pod because where a recent apple review which was one star um called us propaganda and i sent that to dan today i I, I sent the screenshot i was like yep we're now propaganda um so yeah from the shed i am yeah um, creating a propaganda piece um but yeah so if you are on apple that would be great if you could leave a five-star review to to counteract that Horrible, horrible one-star review. But yeah, I'd, I'd I guess
1: for, for anyone that's read The Three-Body Problem, they're probably remembering right now that there's a group of people that are kind of ready in the rest of the human race for, for this arrival of the, the other race. And uh, yeah, I guess, I guess you could count us amongst those people because we're embracing the idea and talking about it. Yeah, we'll get
0: to the conspiracy stuff later on. Um, <laughs> next up, Dan, uh, just a really quick one, but it came out uh, yesterday as we record this or two days ago george knapp uh, through his eight news now website uh, where he works in vegas the the headline was a former cia specialist reveals new secrets of area 51 including its its real name uh, this is from the title of a new book by td barnes cia station d which is all about the history of what we know as area 51 um, apparently this this new name has come out one, one of many names that Area 51 goes by, as people may or may not know. But yes, CIA Station D was also a name, which is pretty cool to hear these things coming out. Uh, It's something, to be honest, I'll pick up the book myself. While it's not necessarily UFO related, it's about a very famous piece of UFO lore or or ufology, You know, UFO history, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'll need to catch up with that interview anyway myself. But what did you think of that one, Dan?
1: Real interesting. It it speaks to different things having different names, depending on who you speak to. And it's pertinent to the UAP issue in another way, I think, because when you know you have people like Black Vault, uh, or oh, sorry, John Greenwald, he, he has a name, um, he will use uh, FOIA to, to get information. Now with FOIA, you need to be very specific in your requests. So if you don't know a term for UFOs that they're using, perhaps you wouldn't be able to get that piece of information. So it, it speaks to that. Uh, side of things, you you know, that what we have, UAP, OVNI, UFOs, they're just some of them, you know, in Colombia, we experienced spirits, lights, you know, all these other things. Um, And they're all UFO reports. So the information that we want could just be stashed somewhere and with, you, you know, a very strange name used for the phenomenon that none of us has ever thought of yeah
0: it looks like a good piece if you've got any interest in the history of the, the building in the area because i think when you've got an interest in ufos you hear area 51 and you think straight away uh usually alien bodies crashed craft independence day when they go out there to the desert and they've got the the working crafts and is it under the ground Is there stuff in the mountains and groom lake s4 but this is Looks like to be a really well put together piece. Um, uh, TD Barnes is part of a group called the Roadrunners. I hadn't actually heard of that before, but it was a group who famously worked at that um, at that building at that designated location, Area Fifty One, who. Encourage the government to come out and give more details and and stuff about it as well even even though it was in the late 80s it kind of became official they talk about how the russians knew about it in the 50s and 60s like with our various spy craft and spy planes and things like that they were using as well so it looks like a really interesting book so i'm i'm probably going to pick that one up myself and, and have a flick through it so yep yeah, definitely look forward to to that one dan you're up next with a, a u.s legislation update
1: Yeah, there's been a little bit of movement. So what's known as the um, Appropriations Act has has kind of started coming through the House um, and has now been sent to Biden. So we're just waiting on him to sign it. But there are two specific UAP-related things in here, um, as reported by Dede Johnson, at Dede Johnson on Twitter, I believe. Um, Go follow him. He's great with this stuff. Um, But yeah, there there are two, two key things that are being added to the UAP language that we saw passed over Christmas. So... The language basically reads, or the pertinent language reads, the Director of National Intelligence and the Secretary of Defense shall jointly require that each element of the intelligence community and component of the Department of Defense with data relating to unidentified aerial phenomena make such data available immediately. And this is the new bit. Um, Immediately to, to the UAPTF, or the successor entity, and to the National Air and Space Intelligence Center. That's NASIC. NASIC is Air Force. Um, and they're based out of Wright-Patterson, which people familiar with UFO law will know that's where crashes and you, you know all these recoveries meant to be taken to, to study. Um, so we could see a number of things come of this. Basically, the Air Force might be stepping into the conversation. It opens the door to defense contractors to get involved now in the UAP work mm-hmm. through NASIC. Um, and in the legislation passed over Christmas, there was a requirement in there that it wouldn't just be that the UAPTF observe the UAP phenomena and investigate it, it's that they're trying to exploit what they're witnessing. So NASIC would play a key part in exploiting that technology. So it's really great that they're involved. The other part is that these um, the committees that are asking for all of this, they actually want reports every 90 days from it passing, whereas the, the previous legislation went through, we had kind of biannual reports, you know, two a year. Um, now we're looking at every 90 days, So once this passes, you can start counting down your 90 days, and then you know that your officials are receiving classified 90-day reports from the UAPTF. Like I say, it's classified, so we might not hear about that unless they speak about it. I'm going to
0: play devil's advocate again on this, and I've done this before on this subject, but... Is it not fair to say that in a period of war, which we're we're now in, unfortunately, where the US, while it's not directly involved in the war, almost every country is indirectly involved in at least some way with, with what's going on in Ukraine and Russia, UAPs are, as much as anything, can be tied into the drones and other craft that may operate, which the US doesn't know too much about. Would it not make sense that this looks like it is being sped up because there may be some secret tech within this? that's worth them finding out about
1: in a kind of time of height and tension? Or is that unfair? No, I I think that's completely fair. You you know, there's going to be all sorts of technologies behind the door in ASIC and all these um, technology development places that could come in handy. And an identified aerial phenomena or the research of could provide a, a, a good open door to revealing some of these technologies and maybe the crazier things that inspired them. Who knows? So one, one interesting thing from here as well on the in the language is on the name. I know we've been waiting a while to know what this new entity is going to be called. Um, it specifies that the term Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force means the task force established under the Department of Defense announcement on August 4th, 2020. That was the one that became AOI-MSG. So it does look like that the successor office to the UAPTF, uh, they're really pushing for it to be the, uh, the AOI-MSG.
0: And I'll always go back just on the whole, you know, the technology argument, just to look at both sides. Chris Mellon, who is someone, again, propaganda, that we we put a lot of faith in what he says and the work he's done in the past. But he came out in an article and, and mentioned that these objects are clearly not Russian or Chinese, particularly Chinese. When a, a Chinese space rocket crashed uh, in a rural providential area of of China and it landed on like a kind of piece of road, basically. And Chris Mellon made the point, it's clearly not these guys with this advanced technology because, look, the rockets are literally falling down on, on the land. Yet, only a few weeks after that, there was a hypersonic missile tested from China that went apparently around the globe very, very quickly, which, allegedly, the, the US knew nothing about. So on one hand, you've got the, the technology being deemed, you know, poor or not as good as they're making out. And then on the other hand, wow they have some really advanced stuff so it's always i think best to look at this with an open mind and an open you know it could be this it could be this and until you've got more data don't put all your eggs into one basket quite yet but um yeah it's again what we've had this down period haven't we that we keep talking about now for a few months and and we saw the the ramifications of that in terms of the the social media chatter and even even on reddit and in other platforms you can see the the clamor for UFO news isn't there like it was in in last year, in May, June, July, August. I mean, if you're a podcaster, I'll be honest, Like you, you see the spike in numbers when the task force report came out. And when, when Fox and CNN and NBC and Good Morning America and the Australian news are picking it up and the German news, you see the numbers reflect in people's podcasts and YouTube channels and everything else. And as the year went on, probably after the J.J. Abrams stuff came out and, and that kind of was the end of the crest of that wave and it, as things started to die down, the, the the general public, the people who have a passing interest tend to fade away from the subject because, oh, well, there was no alien bodies, no craft, no pictures, no videos, and they're kind of waiting on that next wave to come up. And I think what we're starting to see is the beginning of that next wave, that next piece of momentum because as we go on, we're going to get those first reports. Hopefully, what we're going to get in the background, there's going to be reports, like you say, though, whether we see the reports or not, or we see pieces of them, or whether we get those leaks that we like to get, we'll have to wait and see. But I think hopefully we're at the start of that that news cycle coming back through. And I again would love to see the particularly the US news picking this back up, carrying that baton, and then passing that on around the world that hopefully this time again the uk news picks it up and you know the, the european news picks it up and the african news picks it up you want to see it go around the globe and people start to have those conversations and the general public can kind of stir up that that kind of passion again that we saw for it for like in a kind of short period last year so
1: that that excites me i'm looking forward to that um but yeah anything to add to that one dan the, no, just I completely agree with you. The you know, it's gonna go up and down and up and down in terms of what news we get. There is actual work to do, so it's not like there's a big load of paperwork that they can just chuck on the president's desk and go, here you go, here's everything. Um, you know, there are a number of things still going on in the background. We've got the, the DOD Inspector General um report still due to come. Um that'll be about their investigation of the, um, handling UAP issue and their handling towards Lou Elizondo as well with his credentials and deleting mm-hmm. his emails and things like that they're both potentially big movers. So keep an eye out for those. We've got the legislation going through, which enables them to actually put the safeguards and tools in place to do this research properly, and to actually be able to hold people to account for withholding that information. So we're at the very start of the conversation here, but it's the it's the start of the kind of the official face of the conversation. And I think this is what Lou is getting at when he says in interviews that if people are a little bit impatient, they should go away for five years and come back because there'll be a lot more information, you know, on the on the table to to read through. I, I think you experienced the same thing as me where we're so we read about this all the time and we're always watching stuff to do with it. And every time you learn a little bit more. But then in six months, you you could have almost written a book with all the little bits that you learned over the previous six months. Uh, and I think that that kind of mountain of stuff piling up is is what lou's getting at when he says you know come back in five years and there'll be so much stuff for you to go through that it'll only almost be too much you know 100 percent. and um to segue into what we're going to
0: talk about next we're going to tear through some little little bits and pieces of news Um, one of the the twitter followers uh, at lyrical yule Brenner, asked us to cover a few different points and the first one of those kind of it comes on the back of what we've just talked about, though the potential for UFO, UFO sightings over Ukraine and Russia, uh, given they're now in unfortunately a, a war, or if you're the Russian military, a special military operation. You know, just but not to get political or talk about the war and all that kind of stuff as well. It's <laughs> can when you say special? It. Yeah, there's enough going on in the <laughs> world, and, and other people hear this stuff on the news, and for some people, this will be a bit of an escape. But we'll, we'll address the 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 UFO aspect of it. What might affect, though, what we've just talked about is the ongoing conflict with Russia and Ukraine because that is dominating the headlines. Because now what it's done is knock COVID onto the back burner, which is still in the background. It's still there. There's still issues going on. But now the main story is Ukraine-Russia. So any UFO, UAP legislation that comes out stateside and any bill it's a part of as well, there's all that military spending and everything else it's, it's potentially going to take a bit of a side seat to, to anything else so we'll have to just wait and see but anyway as we were asked a few things to cover as part of this breakdown was that potential for for sightings in ukraine and russia in a state of war in a state of heightened tensions what is going to be above the skies in ukraine and over russia and a lot of other places right now is probably a lot of that really really advanced technology that does have potential for for hypersonic speeds, or you know, the the radar jamming, what are, all those different things? I'm not going to go in because someone will tear apart what I say, and it's going to be wrong, to your terminology <laughs> wise. But there's probably going to be a lot of those really cool advanced special drones kicking about, and there's going to be a lot of mistaken sightings. There's been a few videos and pictures and stuff put online already, hasn't there, Dan? Where people yeah. have went, oh, looks like a UFO it could be but again i'm just very wary in a time where there's literally an active war situation there's going to be a lot of stuff in the skies
1: yeah yeah 100 um i i think that you know when one there's almost an opportunity if people think they're being safe from elsewhere they might relax in terms of defenses and things like that you know you never know what's going on propaganda wise and it's just good to to be very discerning at a time like this um especially when we got social media to spread stuff so quickly you, you know it's uh mm. what well, what's the saying that the a lie can get halfway around the world before the truth gets its pants on um then yeah i'm seeing i i've got a few videos sent i think they they were like tiktok links uh, to to me um showing some advanced weaponry and things like that and again with a single source you know we, we have to kind of go back to what sean cahill said but the single source is really hard to kind of take these things at face value um and there's a lot going on in this conflict and a a, a huge loss of life that's tragic and it's just i don't know like I, I usually don't mind kind of juggling the maybe ufo videos but in a situation like this i i tend to you know, put them down to just people exploiting the situation to get hits or views. We already saw it this week with Third Phase of the Moon uh, putting out a tac video that if you haven't seen it, count yourself lucky, it was fake. Um, but it took the internet about 12 hours to figure that out. And a lot of people picked it up and ran with it in that time.
0: Yeah, those videos you're getting people, like you say, exploiting the situation with the different hashtags. And if you've got a UFO video you've made yourself or just something that looks a little bit anomalous, you can stick it online with, you know, hashtag UFO, hashtag UFO sighting, hashtag UAP, but now throw in hashtag Russia, hashtag Ukraine and it has that exposure to a bigger audience as well. And like you say, it it kind of blows up online. So um, if anyone wants to send over anything as always, I'm always happy to take a look at it and forward it on if it looks good or or people want me to, to kind of send it to other people to have a look at. But I would just tell people to be wary right now and, just have a look at the comments normally underneath the videos before you jump in and start retweeting or sharing and Instagram storying it, whatever you do, you know, using the Bebo and the MySpace as the kids do these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as part of that, uh, again, a lyrical Yul that's really easy to say, uh, wanted us to touch on interventions potentially around nuclear sites and, and weapon weaponry and it's it's always a really interesting conversation and one that gets brought up daily especially just now with the situation we're in um where people will talk about would the others, would an advanced civilization, would a non-human intelligence, interfere during a a nuclear conflict? And I've have seen some relatively well-known u- ufologists or UFO researchers um, on Facebook. I think it was having quite a chat about. Well, if they do launch nuclear weapons, we don't have to worry about it because we'll be shot out of the sky by these these UAPs, and. I'm a little bit like, I don't see the logic really behind that. I get they can apparently, allegedly, it looks like, turn them on and off at will. They've kind of messed about with these things at various nuclear sites around the world. But they didn't stop Hiroshima, and they didn't stop the Fukushima plant blowing up, you know, the issue that was there. They didn't stop Chernobyl when those levels were going off the chain. So there's nothing necessarily to say, and I forgot to mention Nagasaki, but... Any other number of nuclear tests that go on around the world, we don't hear that much about, you know, them stopping them. But I saw a hole, it was a potential rabbit hole, and I won't go too sideways here, but the other day where people were talking about are a lot of these nuclear tests in the upper atmosphere and, and under the water to actually deliberately knock some UAPs out. And, you know, but it was quite interesting, but that's another story for another time. But yeah, for me, there's there's not a whole lot to confidently say, ah, yeah, they can launch the nooks, it's fine, they'll be shot out of the sky by a load of tic-tacs.
1: Yeah, I we, don't necessarily think so. We, we've got to remember that we we don't know the visitors' intentions, and it's really hard to read. And anything that we do read, is it comes from a very human place for us. It's hard to think outside the box because mm-hmm. everyone's human, and this is always I've known. Um, when, when it comes to this stuff, I tend to think that, it's kind of like parents and children. You you don't you don't want to do the thing for the kids. You want the kids to understand what they should do when you leave them to themselves, right? Um, you know, give them a sense of right or wrong. Stopping Hiroshima wouldn't have done that. You know, you, you kind of need the tragedy to see how utterly devastating these weapons can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I looked to someone like um, Stanislav Petrov, um, who was a lieutenant colonel in the Soviet Air Defense Forces. Um, and he played a key role in, a, I think it was in 1983, there was a, basically a false alarm incident, and he was the guy with his finger at the button. Yes. Um, and he went against orders and did not launch. And it, it speaks volumes about the ability of one person to affect these huge things. And and I think we we've won, we've lost that idea. We we think that, you know, one person can't affect things. And I mean, look, look at the work of Luis Elizondo. One person, he's affected this conversation a lot. Um and by by not pressing that button, Stanislav really kind of went from, you know, a serviceman to to someone who in his later years, if you watch the documentary The Man Who Saved the World. He goes to America and he's shown one of the Minuteman IBM kind of silos that, that sits there and he gets so angry discussing it. And, and this was a guy who was ready to put his life on the line for his country. Mm-hmm. And he's changed his morals so much from that experience that he just he hates the weapons and he thinks they're ridiculous. That kind of change on a human scale would be incredible for us and it would be the harbinger of a new age of sharing technology and trusting each other and you know we could reach for the stars and wait this we never have um i feel like the visitors would want that instead of to just keep babying us and going oh yeah we're gonna stop chernobyl for you because yeah you know accidents happen um you if know you we, could, we've got to clean up our own mess
0: if you could give everyone that astronaut experience you know they all say when they go up and oh they the see, oversight over yeah the effect, yeah and they can just see wow there's, there's everything there, yeah. there's everyone who ever was and ever will be just there and it just changes them and if you could give everyone that experience who knows but unfortunately right now there's round the world everywhere in various different places different conflicts going on unfortunately and people are losing their lives and not just men women and there's, there's little children as well and again as a parent that's horrible to see but um yeah. let's let's go on with the ufo it's
1: definitely one of those it's one of these moments in history that remind you that humanity isn't you know we always talk about these katashev scales and you know where we are in the fermi paradox and you know how far along are we there really there isn't one measurement for humanity every country has its own level of development every people has its own level of development and even the term i'm using development that's you know my my goal isn't the correct goal it's relative it's all relative to the life that i've lived and the experience i've had um and i i I think the sooner we appreciate the nuances of that over a planet-wide uh Area, we'll we'll just we'll get past these kind of the what we refer to as the the petty greedy nature of humanity.
0: Support for that UFO podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offer precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the Lawnmower 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you listeners. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code ANDYUFO at manscaped.com. That's promo code ANDYUFO. If not for you, it could be for a family member, for the man in your life, or someone you just want to get an amazing gift for. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed and optimised trimmer that makes shaving time your favourite time in the bathroom, all the while listening to Dan and I talk about the latest UAP news. So remember folks, get 20% off and free shipping with the code ANDYUFO at manscaped.com. Well, someone who is, is relatively selfless, if not controversial himself online, is uh, Joe Murgy, UFO Joe, because he does a lot of the great transcribing we've talked about. So again, check out at the UFO Joe folks, because I, I, I like Joe and I like the work he does and I appreciate it as, as someone who has to do a little bit of research now and again for... For a daft podcast, I do, um, and <laughs> we were asked to talk, touch on Jim Semivan's recent comments. Now, if it's the comments, I, I imagine it is. Um, a couple of days ago, Joe had, had tweeted these from Jim Semivan's recent interview with Stuart Davis, and I'll just read you a couple of a couple of paragraphs here, folks, so you know what we're we're talking about. Jim Semivan said this: "People have died, you know, over this because the phenomenon isn't necessarily all good. There are terrible things that happen to people who have these experiences." I'm I'm talking about the hitchhiker syndrome, things along those lines. It's not, you know, I wouldn't say the majority, but there is a certain minority of people that have extremely difficult have an extremely difficult time with this. We met one in our group and it's constant. Not that I'm saying there's any kind of thing you have to fear. I mean, I don't think this is existential. Uh, indecipherable part here, uh, Joe said. Um, we would be in really bad shape if it was. They do walk into this sometimes, particularly at Skinwalker. You walk into this and you don't realize what you're walking into, and then this thing attaches itself, and it might not be evil. It just might be completely agnostic or apathetic, or even insouciant. Dan, is that? A, I've never heard that word before.
1: Uh, I mean, carry on. I'll look it up now. Go on.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll carry on. Um, it actually knows what it's doing, but it doesn't give a damn. So yeah, some uh, interesting comments from Jim Semivan, someone who himself is, has mentioned in the past as an experiencer and is is still, uh, along with his, was it his wife, Dan? Him and his wife are both being That's studied right, yeah. by a group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So he's been very open, very vocal about those experiences, which I think, Dan, you mentioned before we hit record, it can be quite frustrating, can't it? That there's someone yeah. who that with that level of respect and and level of work and the people he works with can just come out and say so much and you just wish there was one person like that that would come out and say everything but ndas private contracts work they do confidentiality you know just good human nature there's things they don't talk about and i get why that frustrates people but i think it's um it's pretty interesting jim semivan himself talking about the idea that this this phenomenon doesn't necessarily have to be all good you know it's it's again
1: like good good <sighs> and bad are just like social constructs man <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can't see me i did the hippie uh you yeah. know, the hippie sign you in know a sarcastic way but it's true you know everything's relative
0: I, I was trying to think on the top of my head about a similar similar example and animal testing of, of medicines and products is horrible but there have been benefits to to certain aspects of humanity would the person doing the testing necessarily be classed as evil doing what they're doing potentially not but they're doing something pretty horrible to to a life form a creature that doesn't deserve to have what it's done to them there's there's a potential that some of these experiences you know this this um what's the word the uh, this aspect of the phenomenon the playing about with us joker oh, like the trickster. trickster that's the word yeah, yeah. The, the trickster aspect to the phenomenon is a higher intelligence just messing about with us and when you look at for example the injuries thomas winterton and others have suffered from if those are or like uh com kelleher mentioning the cancers that that people have got and people have passed away from it's just potentially a side effect to something they're not meaning to do it but it's if it happens it happens and you don't know that it's just another intelligence alongside, whether it's alongside us or above us, whatever you want to say, is uh, this interaction causes these kind of harmful effects. So it's it's, it's interesting, again, to, to talk about that. And I think it's only common sense that this this is where I, I don't necessarily believe or buy into the idea that there are some people who claim all these beings are love and light and they're so nice and they're, they're here to protect us and have the best you know the best intentions for us but then on the on the other side you've got people who they're all demons and demonic they're all evil we shouldn't get involved with it i very much keep myself in the middle of that and it's it's probably fair with our limited human understanding that there's a little
1: bit of both involved in that yeah definitely um well firstly so insouciant yes totally would uh show, showing a casual lack of concern so for anyone listening this is our today i learned our new word <laughs> okay go, go use it in a sentence to someone and blow their minds <laughs> so what was it it was a uh, in insouciant showing a casu- casual lack of concern so okay. it would be summing up everything you've just said basically you, you know so look, when uh, i um... when
0: i give you a deadline to work towards something you're insouciant about it and it ends
1: up late <laughs> yeah you could say that <laughs> <laughs> okay Nicely done. I'll give you the thanks. Scrabble points. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, yeah. You, we we just don't know about whether something is malevolent or benevolent, or even understands those concepts. You know, they might just be an inherently human thing. You, mm-hmm. you look at insects, and we wonder whether they have a sense of right or wrong or anything like that. And the truth is, we don't know. They might. Um, it, it's it's hard to argue either way um, about the will of something else that we can't experience its life. Um, but I know certainly humanity is in a a moment right now where we're looking at our kind of unintentional effects on our environment and the environment, you know, all, uh, all around the world. Um, we're, we're experiencing that we, we've done a bunch of things that have led to some very negative things for us that were completely unintentional and some people knew, sure, but you know, we're, we're all, we have to live in it and deal with it anyway. Was it malevolent? Benevolent? It's not really going to help us to figure that out, right?
0: <laughs> 100%. And that's why whenever I hear people talking about, you know, we're on the verge of a huge paradigm shift as a species. I just can't see that given, like you say, Dan, the, the relative development of of nations and cultures and people's thinking, even within their own cultures, how different people are. Yeah, That's that's just not happening anytime soon, that there's going to be a global awakening I mean something might happen that we all have to experience but I don't think that's that we're all going to ascend to a new dimension and higher state of consciousness that's just not not on the horizon I don't know how so, else so to it's really safe do to say that. if it
1: happens you are not coming then
0: <laughs> probably not I'll still be here podcasting about it and how, how disappointed I am everyone's gone looking for a new co-host
1: um, so, oh, yeah. I mean that's nice of you to say that I would go I'll, yeah. I'll do a show from over there why not yeah over
0: there or down there either one <laughs> yeah um as
1: above so below that's what we'll call it
0: <laughs> yeah we were asked to touch on a tear in the sky um a tear in the sky.com is the website for the new documentary that is part of uh, uapx looks very well produced there's no trailer yet and there's not much to cover on that one we talked about it on the last breakdown um it's there's no updates yet but again i'll i'll have gary for back on the podcast if he's if i'm sure he wants to come back on i'll speak to gary um, to discuss that as and when the time comes um we were also asked to cover. Nope. Which is the new movie coming out from Jordan Peele? We won't go into too much movie chat here, folks. But I'm so very excited! Yeah, so
1: very very excited for this one.
0: <laughs> yeah, this this looks like it's going to be a horror type movie. Yeah, uh, where the the antagonist is some sort of UFO, essentially. Um, from what you see in the trailer, it's a bit mashed up at the moment there's and it gives you flashes there's what looks like some grays running about you know a potential virginia esque um incident going on but um it's got the the silence in the area before the UFO approaches it's got all the animals going quiet um it looks it looks really interesting so I'm looking forward to seeing it
1: what what I love about the trailer is that it's given us so little that we can't define what it, the the other thing in the trailer, the anomalous thing. So we've just got to call it a UFO. You, you know, that it he Jordan Peterson is definitely gonna play with that in the film. Um and I love his movies because he plays with expectation. Every single one almost feels like there are two or three films wrapped up and depending on The reasons you're watching it, whether it's to kind of, you know, study the racial relations and what what they're speaking about or what he's speaking about there, or whether you're just watching it for entertainment, there's a whole bunch of levels going on. um, And I'm excited to see what he uses the idea of the other for in that regard
0: yeah and we'll put the link to the trailer in the description same with the link to the tear in the sky website and the george knapp article as well just a heads up on the george knapp article it's uh unfortunately region locked to the u.s so you'll have to
1: use you know other means to to look at that proton pro- um, vpn is a nice legal free means um oh, oh, there you you can go. download it on the ios app store or android app store it's just a free vpn just uh yeah download it connect to the usa uh Option and you'll be able to just enter that uh, news, eight news now link and read it. Awesome. Um, Chase
0: also asked us to cover uh, on Twitter the recent idea that Lou showed a select group of podcasters, uh, classified videos, etc. And look, we're not going to go into that whole UFO Twitter controversy from last week. People saw enough of that. It was quite embarrassing, to be honest. Um, But essentially, there was a, a rumor going about that Lou Elizondo had shown a group um like some some borderline what classified material it turned into i think dan your word was like a game of telephone yes Um, and it was what was one thing turned about to be something totally different and a, a whole load of people in the middle of it have embarrassed themselves with with no need for it and again it's just unfortunately that sort of stuff that happens when people are desperate for for content folks i won't put out interviews for the sake of doing interviews uh, if there's if there's no one there to interview which in this game there, there always is and if you're doing it right there should be but also like these breakdowns we won't just do them when there's nothing to talk about there just wouldn't be one that week and for whatever happened a whole lot of controversy get get stormed up names get thrown about accusations got made and it it blew up online and you'll probably notice like Dan and myself stay out of those conversations. We don't really get involved. We don't like and retweet and comment and stuff like that. Um, it's just, again, it happened last year when we went to London and, and, and Lou came to meet us for lunch. We were in a really busy, busy little bar restaurant that Lou wasn't sitting with a laptop or a, a gaming projector showing us classified no. briefings. that <laughs> You know, <laughs> there was literally people at the tables all around us. While, while we were chatting so that that this is again i think what sort of happened dan did you even hear anything more about this as to what? To yeah so me? the it
1: was interesting because i i know where it started and i know what it's become and the rumors come back to me with some more details and i'm just like that is not true you, you know as someone that knows how this room started that this is a game of telephone what happened was basically Lou showed us a, an article on the Sun website that contained a video that video was spoken about and assumed by a bunch of people to be like this super secret video. It wasn't, it was on the Sun website. It's up on YouTube. Um, Lou, Lou gave a uh, disclosure team a comment on it. Uh, disclosure team did an interview with the guy who filmed it. So there's nothing secret here at all. But for some reason, some people felt that they had to kind of, Say that and, and start causing waves in the community for, for some likes or something like that. But that's that's as far as I'll go. It's just nonsense, basically. We'll, we'll include the link to the video for you here just to show that it's really nothing classified
0: yeah, all. <laughs> Crazy. yeah. A, a few people asked in the discord chat and, and on twitter and stuff do you guys know much more about this and was there stuff being being shown in the background you know if there was it certainly wasn't to us and it sounds like it's just become a whole lot of nothing so that's all there really is to say about it and it's it's just disappointing we, we stay out the drama folks like i've got enough to do in a day-to-day basis without getting involved in that kind of stuff and there are a lot of great people doing a lot of great work online Lot of great tweeting, blogging, you know, podcasting, YouTubing, all that kind of stuff without without the need for the nonsense that can go along with it. It's a fascinating subject. So you don't need the drama to be yeah, part of it.
1: <laughs> it's it's really bizarre that some people think that this isn't a crazy enough. So like, you know, yeah. extraterrestrials visits to earth not interesting enough for you.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So so yeah, it seems to have come and gone, which is which is for the best. Yeah, um, for sure last couple of bits to touch on then folks uh dan wanted to apologize it says here for for <laughs> panicking
1: people is that what it says about the show length yeah um we we hear you loud and clear a lot of people got back out in touch many many of them very passionately um just saying don't change the show length a lot of people will watch 20 minutes and then just, come back
0: just to clear up this wasn't I was going to change the show length. Dan threw this out on a recording, and it was more from a point of view of should he cut down the videos to to shorter lengths. So if I record like it, yeah. an hour or an hour and a half interview, should he release them in smaller chunks? And people almost unanimously were like, "Nope, nope, nope." Um, that's that's what he was looking at in terms of analytics and algorithms. Yeah, and absolutely. Off the back of that, though, what we're doing now is the the monthly recap. If there comes a point where I have more time, I could do weekly shorter versions of the interviews and then longer form as well it's i don't have the time for that sort of work just now but what i can do is start to do monthly recaps where i've released a section of each interview give people a little taster as to to interviews they may have missed or not wanted to listen to or not been sure of give you a little glimpse of what was in it and then you can go back and listen to if you want that's what the recaps are are going to be for as well so but yeah that that was all it was folks so it was um just looking at the analytics and how people might digest their their content we're always trying to kind of keep it relative for, for everyone as well um and yeah and and kind of finishing up folks couple of announcements Um, you can of course uh, support the podcast via patreon.com forward slash that ufo podcast or if you're on the youtube more often than not click on youtube you'll have a join option and again it's like the price of a coffee to to join up and support the podcast via youtube and you get early access to interviews ad-free viewing all that kind of good stuff just in a a visual format as opposed to what you would get as part of spotify if you search that ufo podcast premium and same on the apple link as well you get a two week free trial with early access and ad free listening too um you also get access to the discord chat so just drop us a message if you need into that but again it's part of those kind of paid subscriptions as a little something back and a thank you folks um anything you'd like to see us record content wise please let us know we've got a whole list of ideas coming up for shows and it has probably taken us longer than we expected with with dan being away and coming back and myself having the tech issues to get back in a rhythm and flow with
1: everything but what we've got there now i think and uh rhythm and flow. We'll getting those that's, shows. that's our band name if we ever start performing at conferences rhythm and flow it's a good <laughs> rhythm and flow yeah it's a good name for a band
0: um we also will be recording the Tom DeLong Part 3 in the next week, hopefully. I've not said that to Dan yet, but that's... Are we, are about... we
1: doing a 2.5 with listener feedback from Part 2?
0: Yes, a few people had sent stuff over. There will be a 2.5 as well. If you have listened to the Tom DeLong Part 2 and want to send over any comments, any thoughts, or any questions for us to answer, please feel free. And even if it was something that Part 3 is going to cover, Dan, where did we leave off? Was it I,
1: think, a... I think we were basically just going to start getting into that core story about the beliefs that Tom holds about the phenomena and just talking about them a bit a bit more in depth because there was a lot of them and they were pretty controversial um, Atlantis yeah. Atlantis. <laughs> Atlantis, yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah so we're going to be talking about those so anything at all you want to message send it over to ufo uap am at gmail.com or tweet it or whatever and i'll put it together but those will be getting recorded soon um guest wise i've got hopefully i'm still waiting on a date but chris rutkowski whose book um canada's ufo is declassified is coming out at the end of march and he'll be doing interviews then for that I've had, I'll just announce it now, I don't mind, Um, Shane Ryan, who was part of Ross Coulthart's documentary um, in Australia, uh, who done a lot of investigating and reporting on the Westall school incident, is going to be coming on the podcast. That's something I've been trying to arrange for quite a while. Very excited to speak to Shane. Um, He's looking forward to coming on. So early days, if you have any interest in Australian UFOs or the Westall incident particularly, Email AM at gmail.com with uh, questions for Shane, but we'll be covering the Westall incident and some other bits and pieces within that interview. Very much looking forward to it. I've also got to mention, just in case you hadn't seen, the interview with Lou Elizondo has been moved to April 23rd. Essentially, I was happy to move it to be out the Lewis media run at the minute. He's doing a lot of great interviews and we'll, we'll tell you about one of those in just a second. That's coming up tonight um, or last night or last week. Whenever you listen to this, Um, but I can get a little bit longer with Lou if I wait. And that's why I'm going to wait till the 23rd of April. It benefits you. It benefits me. It makes for a better interview and I'd, I'd happily wait the extra time anyway on that. Uh, Louis Elizondo and Sean Cahill are both on Theories of Everything with Dry Mungo this evening. Um, very much looking forward to that. I don't think it's unfair to say, Dan, given this will go out afterwards. Uh, we've had a little look at the questions, shall we just say, and uh, we've got an idea of what's coming up, folks. And I can promise you, there there shouldn't be a whole lot of old ground being covered. Um, remember Kurt's got a very different audience to us a much bigger audience as well maybe a bit more mainstream a bit more science-based um, so there will be some stuff kind of covered but there's a lot of really decent questions in there I can guarantee you that which hopefully gets some really good answers from both Lou and Sean. Sean's very very underrated when it comes to interviews and, and what
1: he talks about and how he talks about it as well. And... Yeah absolutely um, I, I just wanted to add in there that because andy's just explained or you've just explained i should say i was talking to the audience then um that you've got an interview coming up with lou if something isn't asked in the theories of everything interview piggyback off it let us know what you want us to pick up on and and you you know a a lot of us podcasters talk behind the scenes and none of us like repeating things so help us help you and and tell us what you'd like to see covered and and we'll, we'll try our best 100%
0: and also before the end of March we want to record another AMA you might have seen on the free feed yesterday I dropped our first ever AMA we recorded almost um, about one year ago Um, slight audio crackle on my side folks but it's not too bad it just it was an issue at the time but there's loads of those recorded that are over on the patreon and apple and i know you might hate all that oh, paying for stuff but it's just a little bit of something back for those who do choose to support the podcast in that way and um, it's on there for free if you like it sign up to any of the podcast streams and you can access those sorts of shows but if you want to get involved in the ama again tweet us instagram it, email uh, email ufo u a p A M at gmail dot com as always and we'll get those in there as well any questions for myself and dan and we'll we'll chat through quite casually and answer those it's always a a kind of yeah, fun yeah. time
1: Definitely. Um, I, I spoke with Vinny as well, and we're going to be phenomenology. The documentary from Colombia, uh, comes basically May 1st. So at the end of April, we're going to try and do the AMA for Colombia, and we'll be presenting all the videos we kind of took while we were out there. Not kind of, you, you know, spoiling the documentary, but giving you guys a sense of what we did out there, what you can expect from the documentary. Um, that comes out just a few days later i think that'll be interesting Andy will be with us asking us questions and kind of providing the audience voice and, and holding our feet to the fire as well so I, i'm excited for that one 100 percent. dan should be worried
0: uh, and the last one <laughs> you might have
1: seen the live listener
0: call-in is going to be on saturday the 26th of march that's at 10 p.m uk if we're right though because of the clocks changing and dan that means it's going
1: to be be i mean 10 it's still 10 p.m uk it, 10 p.m it, uk but be later
0: yeah <laughs> but, uh, but it's going to be 3 p.m pacific and 6 oh, p.m yes. eastern shout. that's the ones yeah yes 55 um, of the audience is u.s based so there you go and important 70 of
1: statistics are made up on the spot is that one
0: <laughs> yeah that one's a lie uh <laughs> but yeah uh, so there you go folks yeah that'll be on there uh, the 26th of march um live listener calling would be great if people get involved and come on we'll we'll be a link you can join us talk to us, answer a question get off and let someone else come on and um, but people have already started sending me over i say people i've got two um voicemails that they won't make the live show but they want us to play their call That's a, it can be a video or it can be audio based we'll play it on the live and dan and i will answer it uh, on there for you so if you want to do that email it over tweet us get in touch if you're not too sure but it'd be great to have as many people involved with that as possible dan Good little breakdown there. Good recap. It's kind of got me yeah, up to
1: speed with where everything is. No, um, no James Webb update this time because the mirrors are still aligning. It's, so it's that's still it. There. There's no, yeah, a good a good example of no update because nothing much has happened.
0: But by saying that, you've kind of updated everyone. So still yeah, kind of true. Very yeah. short update. but that's it but yeah (laughs) listen folks thank you very much for listening thanks for checking out Uh, on monday the 14th of march you will see the daniel otis interview uh, journalist and writer his article on vice.com is really good on the 20 years declassified ufo documents check it out um really interesting to hear a journalist perspective diving into this topic and even daniel as you'll hear is still trying to find out where that line is how far can he go how far can he discuss keeping things reputable
1: but also relevant to the conversation as well so yeah, very interesting on that one um i i was with dan i i love his work um obviously i love his name as well um but i i didn't have a good read on you know where that line was for him and and how much of a skeptic versus debunker versus you, you know that kind of scale um and and yeah i i think he he's an asset after that interview and he's a really intriguing guy and i'm going to be following his work and i'm excited for everyone to listen
0: Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO, UAP, A, M. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see.
1: It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap design by Chaucer. Baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shoved out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a for it. Meditated again, a fateful on med, I can't imagine how it could have been any better. I got to the top of the stairs, and there he was Awake? I was about to abduct you, cuz. I jumped back and nearly kissed myself. Then I climbed out the window after the elf. Then I woke up in my bed and there was something on my head, and everything was weird and everything was red. And I called up my boys, they thought this was noise, they thought it was a dream, and they thought it was my toys, they thought it was my problems, and they think I Scare me and I don't know what it is because it doesn't really scare me. Let considering your eyes. Yeah.